You're listening to the Functional Nurse Podcast. On today's episode, we take a greater look at functional testing and the pros and cons of a test-don't-guess approach. So stay tuned. Hello, nurses, and welcome to this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. My name is Bridget Sager. I'm a functional nurse practitioner, and I teach functional medicine to nurses and nurse practitioners in the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. And a few episodes ago, we talked about considerations for using lab work in your practice versus maybe opting not to. And so if you haven't heard that episode yet, go back and I encourage you to listen to that one. But today I wanted to kind of add on to that by talking more about some popular functional tests that go beyond our basic blood work that we might see in allopathic medicine. I wanna talk about which ones are my favorites which ones I don't use often, and more. And then we'll talk about a phrase I hear often, test, don't guess. And I will share some of my thoughts on this topic as well. So I will start with maybe the most uh, popular functional medicine test that gets the most hype, I think, is stool testing. And you may be familiar with this already, but there are several popular companies that offer stool testing and what they offer varies just a bit. Um, <laughs> convincing your patients to perform stool testing can be an interesting feat, um, but people are really curious about what is going on in their stool and you may have already learned this. Um, anything from parasites to the balance of their microbiome and many other factors including inflammatory markers are evident in a lot of stool tests that are offered. And so this can be a really popular test that I do definitely have clients that are interested in doing. It is not cheap um, and it isn't what I would say is one of the most expensive functional tests that can be done, but it costs at minimum several hundred dollars. Um, most of the time it isn't covered by insurance. And I do find that the results can be really helpful. You know, in functional medicine, we often say disease begins in the gut. And so a great opportunity to take a look at what's really going on under the hood is to perform stool testing. So it is on my list of things that I tend to go to when I'm not certain what direction to go next. And in the course I teach, of course, we talk more about what exactly you would be looking for in the tests. Um, and how you apply that information. But I would say that stool testing is at the top of my list of tests that I use. Um, there is one more that I like, maybe more. Um, but the next type of testing I wanted to mention is food sensitivity testing. This might be the testing that you would encounter being requested most often in functional medicine, in my opinion. I feel like quite often people do not want to go to the gold standard and maybe our most effective tool that we use in functional medicine, which is the elimination diet. And they may be of the assumption that food sensitivity testing is an equivalent to that. I can tell you that that is absolutely false. Food sensitivity testing is not super accurate or super useful and can lead to some issues such as people avoiding really nutritious, healthy foods that they 
misguidedly think might be an issue for them based on food sensitivity test results. For me, I really want people to go through the experience of performing an elimination diet beyond the actual opportunity to identify food reactions. They also tend to gain a lot of other insights that can be beneficial. And so I rarely offer food sensitivity testing, almost never. And uh, often I inherit clients that have seen someone claiming to practice functional medicine in the past and that um, have performed food sensitivity testing, gotten the results and removed all foods that lit up on that test from their diet, even really healthy foods that in reality may be causing no issues. And I find that most of the time when this has been done, there has never been an elimination diet performed. And therefore, patients are lacking so much insight that they can gain from going through that process. So this one is absolutely the bottom of my list. I really don't care for the testing and try to avoid it. Um, in my practice, there is another category of tests that I really love is the organic acid testing. And this one is very high on my list, maybe at the top of my list, um, because it gives you this picture of byproducts of metabolic processes that are going on in the body through the urine. Really easy test for patients to complete and and mail in and, and get done. And it shows these byproducts that indicate an imbalance in any number of systems throughout the body. And so you get this really big, like, 30,000 foot view of what's going on and then you can find a direction to go in. So for me, I might do this test when I have worked on some fundamentals with a client and we haven't made the progress that we expected to and we're both kind of scratching our heads as to what direction to go in next. I love the organic acid test because it it isn't targeted for one particular system or um, directed specifically at foods, for example, or stool in the last two examples that we used, but rather organic acid testing is going to look at markers that target essentially every aspect of our health. And so I have often performed this and found exactly what direction we need to go in next. Either we can go ahead and implement some interventions or we know which direction to go in with further testing. So organic acid testing is near the top of my list, maybe at the top. Um, it is less expensive than stool testing in my experience. Um, I didn't mention, but food sensitivity testing can be very expensive. And so that is another reason that I don't care for using it. Um, one test that you may encounter often in functional medicine is nutrient testing like the Nutra-Eval um, or testing that offers insights into omega fatty acid balances. Those can have varying cost and be varying in challenges to complete the test, whether it is test at home or something that they need to go into a lab and have a blood draw done for. And so I find that the, the nutrient testing that is done on any spectrum there from like one specific nutrient, like, like if we're looking at the uh, omega fatty acid profile, 
that um, can be really useful for somebody that is concerned about that part of their food intake. Uh, the Nutri-Eval offered by Genova, for example, is a very comprehensive nutrition test, and it therefore it has a much heftier price tag. It is more challenging for patients to complete where maybe they could do their omega-3 fatty acid profile just with a finger stick at home. Um, the Nutri-Eval, it, it, there's, it's quite a bit more um, involved to complete. Um, but these tests can be very specific and useful and give a lot of great insight into help optimize someone's health. A test that I think I get requests the second most often is hormone testing. Um, and by hormone testing, you know, you may know that we have tons of hormones in our body, but when people say hormone testing, they generally want sex hormone testing done. Um, I teach in the course, and if you are already familiar with functional medicine, you may know that sex hormone balance is pretty downstream from a lot of other issues that we can help people with. And so I will often have patients that come to me and their ultimate goal is to balance their sex hormones. Maybe they're struggling with infertility or menopause symptoms, or they have some issues with dysmenorrhea, mood changes through their cycle. Anything on the spectrum of concerns for sex hormone balance, um, I will often have people specifically ask for the Dutch testing that's offered by Precision Analytical. I encourage people to hold off. This is a test that I really enjoy doing. It's fairly easy for patients to complete because it is a urine test. Um, and, it, you know, we can't, in the time frame we have today, get into the intricacies of what type of testing is best for hormone testing. But I do go, th go over that in the course. Um, there are resources online for you to look into that further. But um, Dutch testing is awesome because you get a lot of insights into your, your, what's really going on with your patient's hormone balance. And it goes beyond just here's your estrogen. It is how is your estrogen being metabolized? Is it being metabolized in the ideal way or a way that may promote some uh, negative symptoms or maybe even promote risk for illness or cancer, um, such as a breast cancer or ovarian cancer, for example? When we do this test, we do have this opportunity to get really specific information about more than just your stereotypical estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. We're looking at much more insights there. We're seeing actually how those are broken down and leaving the body and whether that's being done efficiently. And we get a lot of tips on how to optimize that. The issue that I have with doing the Dutch testing or any hormone testing early in my time working with someone is that it is a downstream thing. And so typically what we need to do is work on detox pathways, optimizing stress, sleep, their exposure to toxins that may be contributing to hormone imbalance. So we have all these opportunities to do some holistic nursing work with someone way before we need to actually look at the hormones. And what I find happens is that we don't always really need to do the hormone testing when it comes down to it because we've gone upstream, found the root cause of the imbalance, why this person's feeling poorly and taking care of that. And they no longer see a need to do that testing and their symptoms they were concerned for regarding sex hormones are 
addressed further upstream. So pretty awesome that functional medicine works that way. Um, sometimes it's hard to convince patients that that's uh, the approach that we're going to take. But when they start to get significant relief from our holistic nursing approach that comes way upstream from there, they you often get buy-in from them pretty quickly. Um, so, okay. So now I will say that honestly, my favorite opportunity to do testing for patients is really to use everyday lab work. And I mentioned in my other episode on lab work that I will have new clients upload two years worth of lab work that they've had done with maybe their primary care provider or some specialist that they've seen, maybe another functional provider. And I can take a look at those and the trends and the optimal reference ranges versus the allopathic typical reference ranges. And for me, I really enjoy doing that. I, I enjoy that part of, of healthcare. I always have loved looking at lab work and looking for trends. Um, but I find that I actually get the most bang for my buck here because this is ex inexpensive compared to all the other testing that we're talking about. Um, I didn't mention that Dutch testing is fairly expensive. Everyday lab work tends to be covered by insurance. It is easy for patients to access. They can often get it done by their primary care provider and run through their insurance, which um, kind of takes the burden off of nurses because you don't have to worry about how to get the test done. But also look at the reason that pre the prevalence of almost every chronic health condition has skyrocketed over the last hundred or more years. It goes back to these fundamentals. It is, you know, there's nothing fancy going on here. We have complicated our health and our lives with our modern lifestyle. And everyday lab work really offers a ton of insights into how we can optimize that. And therefore, that is probably my favorite test. You know, it rivals the organic acid test because it's organic acid testing is really fun and geeky and I love it. Um, but those are the tests that you will see the most often in functional medicine. There are certainly many more that we um, are not going to go into today. But, you know, in particular, you know, people will go back and forth about whether to test for heavy metals. And there are a lot of tests that we can do to look at our cardiometabolic functioning and our, uh, you know, even looking deeper into the, the profile and particle size and so many factors that affect our cholesterol. So, more than we have time to go into today, but I wanted to share with you some of the tests that I use most often and why I don't need to use some of the cooler ones too often, which is also great. Okay, so the second half of this, I wanted to talk about the idea of test don't guess as an approach in functional medicine. So when I say test don't guess, we're referring to this idea that we can either get a really thorough intake on a patient and maybe find some direction on where to start first based on how they report their lifestyle, their diet, stress, sleep, opportunities to address maybe toxins they're exposed to in their lives. Um, but, you know, most functional medicine practitioners tend to get really thorough intakes on people and can use that as an opportunity to get started. And I often have clients that that's what they want to do. They're not interested in testing. They want somebody to look at maybe lab work that they've already had done in the past, like I was talking about a minute ago, and get some more direction there or use no testing and just say, okay, this person clearly has lots of signs of, let's say, cardiometabolic dysfunction. 
let's start with diet let's start with lifestyle let's start with their um stress in their lives um let's build some some muscle mass like we can there's lots of things that we can go to that have nothing to do with testing that is probably going to address most people's health concerns and so i find that a lot of my clients are really excited to have somebody look closer at lab work they've already done or look closer at their health history connecting their story and maybe their timeline that we talk about in functional medicine when did this happen what happened right before that and painting that picture for them. That is something that I often encounter. On the other end of the spectrum, I find that some patients come to me very specifically to find someone that will look deeper in lab work. And they want all of those functional tests that I mentioned earlier. And so the idea of test don't guess is getting concrete evidence in a lab work value that is indicating a problem that we will address using a functional medicine or holistic nursing approach. And there is pros and cons to both. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. Some of the pros include the precision of diagnosis. So using these uh, more expensive lab tests that are part of functional medicine often can aid in getting a really accurate targeted diagnosis and that can lead to a personalized treatment plan that can absolutely benefit your patients. Um, it's objective data and so the test results are off offering us concrete evidence of what the problem is. Um, timing can be something to consider here also. So if we can get lab work done that gives us really concrete information of where the origin of the problem is or likely to be the origin of the problem, then we can more rapidly get some relief for someone and accelerate their ability to recover. This can help us devise a targeted plan for them. And so in a lot of cases, this type of testing could accelerate the healing process or accelerate them on a path to improved wellness. On the other hand, sometimes we experience just the opposite and waiting for the results could be a barrier. And so we'll talk about that. So prevention and early detection is another pro. So we can use testing such as genetic testing that is emerging more and more and is really useful to give us some more patient-specific individualized treatment plans. Maybe we find that there's an opportunity for us to optimize their diet or their lifestyle in a really specific way that improves their risk for developing a potential health concern that they have an increased susceptibility to based on genetic results. So we talk sometimes in functional medicine about the single nucleotide polymorphisms this is a great example where if we do testing and we find that someone has a SNP, a single nucleotide polymorphism, that puts them at greater risk for a health concern, for example, or that might put them at a risk of not detoxifying efficiently or at risk of having more brain health issues. Any number of things here that I could use as an example, but those are two really popular ones. We can modify their diet and their lifestyle and increase their awareness to reduce those risks based on test results. So that is a benefit, absolutely. Early detection, I mentioned also, so we might get some signs of something that haven't uh, developed really significant symptoms yet or the symptoms aren't specific enough for us to know the origin and testing may reveal that. Um, 
another really big benefit of testing and not guessing is patient empowerment. So a patient getting some clear test results, they're going to be empowered and motivated by those results in many cases. And I certainly see that where some of my patients need to see the evidence in writing before they're ready to take those steps towards wellness that are challenging otherwise, right? Because we're not asking people to take a prescription medication that they have to remember daily. We're often asking them to change something that is really fundamental to them. Maybe how they eat, their lifestyle, their career, uh, their, their daily stressors, their boundaries in relationships, any number of things in their lives that may be really challenging for them to address. Having some evidence in writing that that would benefit their health can be really a key factor for them taking those steps. So those are some of the top pros of test don't guess. I would say the cons include cost. So a lot of the testing I mentioned earlier is expensive. And so if it's not covered by insurance or that's challenging to get put through, as many of us in healthcare have experienced, that could be a barrier. And it also is going to limit accessibility to a lot of patients that maybe don't have disposable income available. There is potential when you are doing testing for overdiagnosis. And you may have seen this even in allopathic care where you get a CT scan in the abdomen and find something absolutely benign, but now has created a significant amount of anxiety for the patient and created further medical procedures that were not necessary. And I find that patient anxiety associated with abnormal test results can absolutely be a reason to not complete test results and work on holistic nursing steps, work on functional medicine fundamentals. False positives and false negatives is something that is a reality of healthcare. Uh, I tend to only use and recommend testing that I feel like has been validated with as much research as possible. But most functional medicine testing is fairly novel compared to a complete metabolic panel. And even a complete metabolic panel is a picture in time. It is a moment. And so we can't look at that as something that one snippet of time, one bit of blood work should change somebody's lifestyle. Of course, you know, we want to confirm often with more than one test if we're doing blood work. And, you know, a good example is diagnosing someone with diabetes. The allopathic guidelines for diagnosis of diabetes does have really delineated separate blood work measures that are used so that we aren't making a decision based off of one set of labs. So we do have to consider that, that we're looking at a moment in time in lab work, there's risk for false positives or false negatives. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we could have a delay in care while we're waiting for test results. A good example of this is with hormone testing. Sometimes timing of completing the test is going to depend on a woman's cycle. And so we might be waiting quite a while for that, for all the stars to align for that test to get done at the right time. And in the meantime, we could have been working on some really fundamental things with them but they're waiting for these results as evidence. So there isn't a one-size-fits-all uh, answer to the question, what's better, test, don't guess, or get a really thorough intake and use your um, background in healthcare and your knowledge as a savvy nurse and a expert listener to approach someone with a uh, less testing, more education. Um, 
I really tend to prefer that, that my first visits tend to be a lot of education where I'm connecting the dots for someone between some things that we might need to address in their lifestyle, their food choices, their stress, their sleep, their toxin exposures, all kinds of things that we help people with in functional medicine. I might need to provide some education for them, for them to be motivated. But I do not need a bunch of fancy tests for us to make a big difference. And I know I say that all the time, but it is the truth is that most people get better when we do the fundamentals. And I feel like testing for me is ideally something that we use as our next step when we haven't made the progress we expected to. Some of my thoughts on kind of finding balance in prioritizing this is based on severity. So if you have somebody that's really complex and you're not sure what direction to go in with them and you think getting test results would actually give you and the patient some direction and motivation, I think something like, you know, organic acid testing might, you know, give you this 30,000 foot view of lots of body systems to kind of see what direction to go in next. Um, informed decision making is another thing to that can help with finding balance here is we want to educate our patients on the benefits and limitations of these tests and the uh, alternative of avoiding them and have them participate with us in this process. So I will educate my patients on what might emerge from test results. Like I mentioned in the other episode I did on lab work, um, I often ask myself if I'm considering a test for a patient, will it change the plan of care for the patient? If they're motivated and it isn't going to change what I already know about them, that they lead a high stress life and they get three hours of sleep a night, there is no reason to get any testing done at that point for most people. We need to connect the dots for them so that they can make informed decisions about their health letting them know that three hours of sleep is going to create a health condition and help them make some progress towards achieving sufficient quality sleep. Lab work too, we want to consider follow-up and if we're going to monitor things over time. A good example of this is vitamin D. You know, there is a therapeutic window for vitamin D and so above that can be immunosuppressive and below that can be the cause of you know, numerous health concerns. And so some of the lab work that I mentioned in this episode is something that you would complete initially, and then you would want to recheck at a particular interval based on what that test is and what the plan is that's for that specific patient. But that's a consideration also is that if we're doing expensive testing, are we going to need to follow up and repeat it? And is that going to be cost effective for the patient? Um, is that going to help with motivation? Is that an option for them? Um, and, you know, I think timing in a way that we really go into more like when I teach this in my course is that, um, you know, timing for all this is really important too. And that applies in many different ways with lab work, whether it be like I mentioned with hormone testing, where we're going to do that based on their cycle if they're still menstruating and if it's blood work uh, were they fasting defined fasting was it a normal day for them there are many things to consider when completing lab work and uh, so I think that that is an important thing to mention as well I hope that this episode was enlightening for you and gave you a little bit more insight into functional labs and whether you want to try to seek those for your patients or not and how to help them make those choices too and until our next episode, be well. 
Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media. And click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below in the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine.